0: Welcome to the circuit of success. I am your host, Brett Gilliland. I've got Danette May with me today. Danette, how are we doing?
1: We're doing good. I hope everybody else is doing good that's listening.
0: Well, you know, we're coming back from a long Thanksgiving break. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving with your family.
1: Oh, I did. I mean, I was in Asheville. I'd never been to Asheville, North Ah. Carolina. It was my first time and I loved it so much. It was awesome.
0: Place is awesome. I just went there for the first time and uh, I guess it was July. We went on a family vacation, my wife and our four kids and went hiking and did all sorts of stuff out there. It was awesome.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. It's so It
0: fun. is. I guess the leaves probably just missed the leaves changing there, didn't you? Or totally. they
1: still we did. We yeah. totally missed it, but I was still surprised how pretty it was. It feels like its own sort of jungle. I was like, I got to come back in the summer. Yes,
0: absolutely. And you're in Colorado right now, right? So you're yep. close to the mountains?
1: Yep. Right. Literally surrounded by mountains right now. If I show you, you would only see a 360 degree view of mountains right now. It's amazing.
0: Uh, that's incredible. Awesome. What's well, a beautiful spot of the country? So Well, we could talk about that all day, but we are here to talk about... Danette May, you are the co-founder and CCO of Mindful Health LLC um, and Earth Echo Foods, which we'll talk about, and a best-selling author, uh, which is also two-time best-selling author, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And your uh, latest book, Embrace Abundance, uh, is out now, and you are a, a fitness and nutrition expert, a speaker, high-level executive coach, entrepreneur, wife, mother, all sorts of stuff. So uh, like we do on every show, Danette, I always like to start with kind of what's made you the woman you are today. I always say everybody's got a story and uh, that story is probably what what drives you today. So maybe you can share a little bit of what made you the woman you are today.
1: I love that you asked this question because, you know, have you heard the um the motto self-made, like self-made millionaire, self-made this or whatnot. And I'm like, yeah. no one's self-made. <laughs> like No fragments of the trauma from the highs, the lows, the, what we would label the goods and the bad. And I I'm another one of those. So, you know, what made me is obviously a lot of what my upbringing was, but I, I feel that in my create what my creator has created within me, but you know, I think that what I would like to share with people is it's my lowest moments that actually I feel have been the catapult to becoming the person I am today. And it was in my refiner's fire that I was sifted to the character I am today and who I show up to be today that I know without all my lows, probably wouldn't even be hearing me on your podcast. Yeah. So, um, I'm really grateful for those lows.
0: Yeah. And, and do you mind, I mean, I know there's a story that you shared, I know from your website and things like that. I mean, is that, is that something you're open to sharing and kind oh, of yeah. tell us that backstory and, and, and how you have really kind of pulled yourself out from the ashes along, like you said, with a lot of great people, but share a little bit more of that if you can.
1: Yeah. You know, there was a time and um, this was after I'd had my first child where I was living this existence of not listening to my intuition. My life wasn't terrible, My health wasn't terrible. My marriage wasn't even terrible. I just was really good at kind of living into the paradigms that people had placed on me around what I should believe, what steps I should be taking, who I should be, how I should dress, how I, you know, how I show up in the world. And by doing that, I was turning off the parts of me that were whispering to me that I was being asked for more. And I was just getting really good at it because I wanted to live into that box and that paradigm because I wasn't super happy in my relationship, but I wasn't married to a bad person. I just was married to someone that my soul was like wanting to clamor to get out. Right. And I had my first daughter, I'd get pregnant with my second child, which is going to be a boy, which I was so excited because I've been raised with four brothers and no sisters. I was like, <laughs> I know how to raise boys. Like this is going to be good. <laughs> Um, what happened one day is I was having a rare moment where it was quiet in the house. And I remember I was sitting in this rocking chair and I was like wiggling my belly just to kind of get him to move and just having that moment. And I couldn't get him to move. And I had this intuition that something was wrong, but instead of listening to that intuition and I've reflected on it since then. I think the thing is, is that if I chose to listen to my intuition, then that would mean that I would need to listen to it always. I would need to look at my relationships, my friends, the way I was showing up, the religious practices I had, all the things that I wanted to just put into a box and not listen to my intuition on. And so I got up and got busy and did the dishes. And I I share this story, not for anyone to feel sad, but to look at your own life and ask yourself, where are you numbing out? Where are you operating and busy so that you don't have to actually face what your soul's asking you? Um, what you're maybe it's an intuition around your health. Maybe it's an intuition around something that's going on in your relationship, where you're living the job you're having, but you're just staying in your busyness, right? So that's what I did. And I was taken to the hospital that night and I ended up having my son at that time and he passed on. And this passing of my son brought me into new territory. It brought me into this space of depression, um, guilt, you know, shame, questioning everything in my life, but it also brought a gift of him passing on so that I could wake up because I started to wake up. Yeah. Because what happens when you hit rock bottom, which is a beautiful gift is that you start to kind of not care about all the things you're trying to mask. You start not caring about this persona that you're trying to hold on to, right? You just let it all go. You don't care anymore. That was a gift for me. And so this unraveled to many more rock bottoms, which naturally happens in life. And I went through really hard separation, hard divorce, financial ruin, and just was really struggling in my life. But in the end, it really was the catapult to sift my character for me to really get gritty and to understand who I am and how I wanted to show up in the world, who has me, who doesn't have me. Do I even have myself? I had to become my best friend. I had to become my greatest rescue. I couldn't wait for anyone else. And so that built resistance, uh, like tenacity. It built kind of this feeling like right now, like when I go through hard things, I'm like, ah. Eh been there, done that. Like I know I can get through. Like I know we all have gone gone through. Everybody's kind of had a different level of hardship this past year and a half. And for me, I I really looked at it differently than I think I would have if I had not gone through that stuff. I was like, I can go through hard things. I can go through financial ruin. I can go through sleeping on the floor or tinfoil holding an antenna or not having a TV at all to live into my purpose, to live into my truth. And I will come out on the other side. Okay. So that's really what has sifted and made all the difference for me.
0: Well, I appreciate you sharing that very vulnerable story, right? I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot in there. There's a lot to unpack in there, which I'm sure you've done over the years. Uh, um, but a couple of things I wrote down here, as you said, rock bottom was a beautiful thing. And I think it's, easier to say that now. And I, you know, I've, I've had those moments in business too, where I've thought about that, where where my best years were actually my worst years, Mm -hmm. but you don't actually know that until you kind of come out on the other side of that. Right. Right. And and so for you, I know I, as I was doing my research, you know, there was months of you, you know, kind of that depression, that staying at home, not even leaving the house. Like Mm -hmm. what advice do you have? Have for somebody right now that maybe not that, that bad, right? Maybe they're not like leaving, you know, staying at home for months on end, but they are in a bad spot. Like, like what did you do to pick yourself up by the boots and just kind of take one step forward and then kind of get where you're at today?
1: Yeah. I just was speaking at a large event. There was a thousand people just recently. And I have to do a little shout out to that in Vegas um, because I don't think there's been large events and I was just like super happy about it, but that was something they wanted to know, is like, how do you get yourself out of these situations? And how did you go from $47 to these three eight figure businesses? And I have to tell you the biggest thing for me, and I wanna be respectful because there's different variants of depression, right? There's different like levels of it. So if I'm talking to someone, if we are on a spectrum of one to 10, 10 being like, it's crippling. And I would say I was in an eight or a nine at certain times. Um, mm-hmm. When you know, you can read a lot about it in my first book, The Rise. But I, let's like, say I'm talking to somebody who's a, like at a five, you have your depressive moments, maybe they last weeks. Maybe you're like really feeling like there's no hope. You're wondering about your financial situation, relationship, your health. There's just this feeling of like despair and despair is real. It, it can feel crippling. It can feel like you can't see through the trees or the clouds, however you want to word right, it. Yeah. And, here's what I want to say. And I'm going to be a little bit ruthless because bring it. Yeah. Because here's the deal. Like in my coaching clients know this about me. Like I look soft and I speak soft and I do meditations, but I want to be a truth speaker. I want to speak even if it makes you super uncomfortable or it makes you feel like I don't care, but I care enough to just speak the truth because some people just are not speaking the truth to people. Right. And I want to say, you need to stop being a victim because, first off, most likely the thoughts in your mind are telling you that you got here because of XYZ, the economy, your boss, your spouse, your health, your whatever, your upbringing. You could, if you're blaming anything but yourself, and I'm telling you the only thing that got me out of. Like even the guilt around my own child passing was me taking 100% responsibility. It is the only differentiator that will take you from where you are right now to where you want to go, but it's not fun. It doesn't feel good because then you have to go. I got myself here. I got myself here. So stop playing a victim. And even if you don't think you're that victim player, just check if you have you at all blamed or thought that your situation you're in today has to do with something outside of you. Now that's hard, especially when you lose a child to like, go, wait, 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 that's on me. That wasn't just, yeah. Like just check it just really own. And there's freedom in that ownership. So that would be the first thing.
0: But How do you do that though? Cause you're in the dumps, right? I mean, you feel like absolute crap. You're, you're sad, all these thoughts coming in our heads and yet you're saying, take ownership in that when there's plenty of things you can point at. And I can't remember who said this, but they said, always remember when you're pointing one finger, if I'm pointing at you, there's three more pointing back yeah. at me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. but it's hard to do that. It's really, really hard to take personal responsibility. Don't you think?
1: Yeah. I think that, um, life, we can decide if it's going to be hard or if we, we can decide it's all the stories in our minds. So you can walk around and go, this is really hard for me to look at myself and take responsibility yeah. Or is it harder to be in the situation you're in, you know, really check what's hard. Cause I'll get this, this told a lot to me. Like, it's really hard to be healthy. Is it though? Is it really hard to food prep, to not eat that croissant, to choose something healthy versus having knee pain, back pain, feeling terrible, like check what's hard. Your current situation probably feels hard. Being radically real with yourself will feel hard, but is it really hard compared to being in the spot you're in? So check yourself. And then honestly, once you do that, it's not going to be fun. Like I am telling you, radical responsibility is not always fun because usually you have to go, the reason my relationship is not awesome is because of me and my health is not awesome because of me and you've got to get real and it's not fun, but it's freeing. So once you start doing this and you start looking at it, then you can start to ask yourself if I'm responsible for it, then I'm, then the beautiful thing is I also can create a new outcome and this gives you power. This gives you freedom. So then you can start to write out, okay, where have I pointed outwardly and where can I point inward? And if I point inward, what actions am I doing that are putting me here and what actions can I be doing to put me in a new position and a position of success, a position of happiness, whatever that thing is for you. So you've got to do some work and it does take like you guys, I'm like looking away. One of my mini notebooks, like I write and I write every single day. Like I'm constantly doing this work. Anytime there's a trigger, anytime there's a trigger with a friend, an employee, a spouse, a child, I'm always looking within myself.
0: So walk me through that real quick. So let's say that. So you had an argument this morning with your spouse or something went wrong at work. What does that process look like for you?
1: So usually, okay, let's just say one example, because some people in their minds might be thinking this, if you have an argument, and it's a little one, and you don't think about it, you don't need to do this work. But if you're constantly ruminating, right, like you're thinking about it sporadically throughout the day. You're not thinking about your dreams. You're thinking about your annoyance. How about that? Yeah. Um, Whether it's an employee or your spouse, like like that, that memory's coming up. Then you start thinking about other ones that totally catapult on top of it. That's your, that's your sign. That's your trigger that, Whoa, okay. Now I have an opportunity to shift this because if I'm triggered by it, then it's mine. So say that, like if I'm triggered by it, then it's mine. And that's where you get. That's where your power is. Is that's where you know where you can do the work. So then, what I do is I write down, okay, this is what happened. I'm going to try to think of an example just to give an example. Um, let's say an employee, because this is more my triggers than my spouse. Let's say an employee that <laughs> something was going to be due. Um, two days ago, and now you want to follow up with them. And you're annoyed that one, they didn't follow up with you and tell you why it wasn't due, why they didn't turn it in. And two, you just start thinking about feeling deceived by employees or that if they're not going to get it done and where's their work ethic and where's their communication, blah, blah, blah. So what I would do is write down, you know, not communicating, not turning things in. And then... Because right now I'd be like, okay, that business idea or that thing that relied on that person is now failing because of this person. No, it's failing because of me. I have to look Mm -hmm. at that. Where have I not set up the expectation? Where have I not communicated that I require communication, even if it's not done, that it's not done. And this is when the new date will be. Or three, why am I allowing myself to have people like that on my team? And then so first I check through all the things of where's the ownership within me. And I don't know all the scenarios. So then you, operate, obviously you want to communicate with people, figure out where this is coming from. Maybe it was a lack of communication by me. Maybe they are not a good fit for the organization because you demand a certain level of excellence. Um, and you have to just get super real with yourself on that. And then you can say, okay, this is where I stand. I, I require communication. I require this. I require this, have open communication about it. And then I promise you that next employee is you have less and less. So this has been my journey being an entrepreneur for the last eight years. I used to get so mad at employees and now it's like less and less and less because I just don't even tolerate it. And I don't attract those same people because I took on that ownership for that type of level of owner, like communication with myself and them.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that process. And and so critically important to understand that is the responsibility that we have as leaders to communicate, right? They're not just going to know and, or they may think, ah, if she doesn't say anything this time, she's not going to say anything next time. Right. That's huge. That's yeah. huge. So I love uh, I, I also in my research, it says conquer fear, find hope, and manifest your dream life. So how do we do that? Let's let's break those down into the three different things. But so conquer fear. And, and before you go on to that, I always ask people how many of the fears you've put in your mind, to net being an entrepreneur, a leader, a business owner, all those things, how many of the fears you put in your mind have actually blown up to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be? Uh,
1: the fears that I put in my mind, have they blown up to be bigger fears? Is that yeah. what you're asking? Yeah. Of course. I, what you focus on expands. This is very scientific. Absolutely.
0: Uh, but yes. also I think we put them in our minds, but they never, in my opinion, in my experience, they never actually get to that magnitude. We put them in there to be right. They're, they're rarely, are they ever that big?
1: Yeah, that's true. For some some people that are big dreamers, they can that can be used against them or for them. Like if you're a really big dreamer and you can like imagine things, sometimes you can imagine the worst. Like yeah. that's even just like not even going to happen, but you're going down that route and you're yep. just losing grip of almost reality. You get in, caught in a fear loop, but you also need to recognize that that's you, you have this wonderful gift to flip it to an imagination of greatness, to really seeing things in a, like a really beautiful, beautiful way that other people have a hard time seeing and imagining. And so you get to flip that. So that, I just want to offer that to somebody who tends to go down that route, that it actually can be a gift if used correctly so that you can actually see beautiful things that other people just can't even imagine for That's your true. dreams. So conquer fear. When I say conquer fear, fear shows up in many, many ways. It shows up in procrastination. It shows up in victimhood, which we just talked yeah. about. It f- shows up in being the person who talks the talk, but doesn't walk the walk. You know, um, you're always sharing overly, right? You see this in people that are sharing their dreams and they're sharing all these things, but you're like, I haven't really seen (laughs) any of the fruits of this dream. (laughs) Um, Just check those actions within yourself. There's all different kinds of forms of fear. Um, But ultimately, if you have something that's beating in your heart, something that you want to experience or create, and it hasn't come and you're not on the path to it, then there's a fear, like fear, fear thread that's holding you. So when I say conquer fear, that's once again, being very real with yourself to go, what is that thread and, and looking at it. So fear is, is an interesting thing because sometimes we go, Oh, that must be my intuition. That's telling me I shouldn't do this. Cause I feel, Anxious inside. So, really understanding the power of the mind. Anytime you're going to step into something new, your mind's going to act up. It's going to create anxiety in the body. It's going to create this feeling of butterflies in the body, sometimes stiffness, and, and just recognizing that and stepping forward anyway. Not- noticing that the brain is just trying to protect you, but you can still move forward. You can still trust that beautiful vision or dream in your heart. So, that's the first step is that conquering fear.
0: Yeah. Taking my notes here. Great stuff. So uh, second thing is uh, finding hope. I mean, I mean that's a big one, right?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I, this is what I do and you guys can take it or leave it, but I feel like success leaves clues. And once again, kind of piggybacking on that idea of what you focus on expands for me, finding hope is me looking for all the examples of why it can work why, like, if let's just break it down business or even relationships, I think relationships is really easy for us to like look at because we all run at, we all are dealing with relationships in one form or another, but some of us really desire this beautiful relationship, especially if we're married. And there's not a lot of examples of like really beautiful, magnificent married relationships, you know, but there are some. And so seek those out, seek for the good that you're trying to emulate whether that's in business or whether that's in relationships, people that are healthy, like ask them, what do they do? Start emulating it. Success leaves clues in all departments. So that to me is what builds hope is like knowing that I'm connected to every person and everything. And if I am, then their success story is mine. Their path that has been a proven path could be mine. I just need to walk the steps
0: I love that too. You said, you know, success leaves clues. I 100% agree with that. But I, and I took from that as study great, great businesses, study great marriages. I mean, we, we do all this work on certain things, right? Why are we not studying those things? Harder yeah. to find, like you said. And then the last one you said, manifest your dream life. Talk to us yeah. about that.
1: Yeah. So something that I do every single day is I do work towards the vision that I have that has not yet made fruition in the 3D. So what that means for me is I write down everything that I see for myself in all different categories. So in my family, my relationship with myself, my significant other, my children, my friends, I do my help. I do my fun times, things that would light me up that are fun, that just are, they have no meaning or sense or just fun. My give back right? How am I showing and giving back in my legacy? I do my career, my finances. Okay. And my spiritual. And in those categories, I write down everything that I'm stepping into or wanting to create or experience as if it's already happened. Once I've done that assignment, which we do this once a year, um, we write everything down very detailed at take, we spend two days doing this, me and my spouse, you can That's do awesome. it yourself or you can do it with somebody. And this I'm telling you has changed everything. It's, it's mind blowing what will happen. You literally write down in detail as if it's happened in detail. Like what's your health? Like, what is your body? Like, what is, what do you look like? What's this relationship? Like, what are you guys doing together? How does it feel when you're together? all the way to children. Like I said, all those different categories. And then every single day I close my eyes and see those things or I read it. So some people need to read what they wrote, but when you read it, it's in the affirmative as if it's happened, right? So you're reading, reading, reading every single day. It takes like three minutes. Maybe if you wrote a lot, five minutes, that's nothing for planting that subconscious belief. And that's what I mean by manifest your dream life. You, one, your body will choose to go in the direction of what you put out into the world. And as you conquer that fear, as you find the examples of hope and you make the steps, right? Conquering fear means action. Conquering fear doesn't mean sitting still. Conquering fear is action. And that means taking yeah, take the
0: step, step, even if it's uncomfortable, take the step. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that all equates to now reading subconsciously, everything you wrote every single year and watching your dream life just get laid out in front of you.
0: Yeah. I absolutely love that. I mean, We're so in line with that stuff. You can't see them over here, but I got these, I think there's six or seven journals, black journals I've been doing since July of 2005. Nice. And it's, it's an exciting time because for me between Christmas and new years, I read those things and it's amazing what I was saying in 2005, things that have happened. But when you, to your point, I call it a design statement. You write it down like it's already happening, like you're already there. And I read it. And so now the one I have now, it's over there in my bag. I carry it home with me. It it goes everywhere I go. right? And I read that thing, I don't know, some weeks, three times because you're busy and just it's life's hectic. And sometimes it's 15 times in the week. But the more times that you write it down, the more times that you read it. Have a whole process for that. If anybody wants, you know, help with that, you know, definitely look Danette up or myself. We can help you through that process. But I, I just think it's a huge thing to be able to sit down and manifest that because you absolutely can. I've done it over 20 years in my professional career. If you write it down, have belief system around it, and then take action, it happens. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. Can I ask you a question?
0: Absolutely. Is
1: there a sample of something you wrote down maybe 2005, 2006 that has manifested already that you wrote down as a dream back then? Or if there's a more current one, but I'm just curious. I think it's important for people to hear some of these audacious things that you wrote one time that are actually now your existence today.
0: I mean, there's, yes. I mean, that's a great question. I mean, there's multiple of them, right? I mean, there's tons of them. And and so, I mean, even as little as the, you know, the place I'm setting in right now, I mean, this was a dream that I had printed out on pieces of paper that I would carry around in my, by my design statement, I had this outdoor Deal on like the fifth floor of a building. I had this cool looking modern looking building. And it, you know I called my business partner on it one day on on this building that we're in now, and I said to, my husband, Hey, you think we could actually do this? And he's like, yeah. And I'm <laughs> like, really? And then so then it just becomes this thing, right? And then this thing becomes a floor plan. Then it becomes a, oh my gosh, let's get people to lease it and we'll fill it up. And and now here we are, right? But those things didn't just start with like a pipe dream of like, oh, let's just make it happen and then tomorrow it happens. It was years of thinking about that. Yeah. You know, we have an office in Edwardsville, Illinois, 30 minutes from here. I love that community. It's where I grew up, but I was living over here and I had this dream of like working a few minutes away from my house versus driving 30 minutes every day. And and now here we are, right? But it but it is to your point, it's manifesting that. And I don't say that arrogantly, like, oh, look, you just write it down, and it happens, but quite frankly, it does. And you got to get the right people around you then to make stuff happen.
1: Yeah. I love that. That's so cool. But that's, that's how it works. That's how it works.
0: Absolutely. 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 So tell us about this book. You've got your new book, uh, Embrace Abundance. Uh, Tell me about that.
1: Yeah. You know, this book fascinating. So Hay House had called me right. It was December before. So end of December, 2019 before 2020 hit. And they were like, we want you to write another book. Do you know what you want to write on? (laughs) And I was like, I don't. I'm like, I have a lot of different ideas. And um, I sat down with this beautiful woman who works with Hay House Publishing. And she said you know, Danette, I feel like the world really would love to know how you went from $47 to these businesses, divorced to live in this amazing relationship, no friends to these friends, you know, actually looking younger than you did when you, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. What what, what was all of that? Because actually the thing, the beautiful thing about abundance is that it's not a linear thing. Like, oh, it's just money or it's just health. It's like, once you have understand this energetic cord around it, you can create it in all areas. Because to me, my relationships and my abundance and my relationships and the, the well-being I have within myself, to me, is the greatest wealth than any of these businesses and where they're going. But a lot of us have these business goals or this financial goal or these home goals and they think that that has to stay in one linear line and the relationship has to be separate, but you can learn all of this and it's a similar thread for any goal, any, and I hate the word goal, but like any dream that's in your heart. And so she wanted me to write about these rituals I do because not, you know, some of them people talk about, but they're simple things that I've done and they have to do with like free things like nature and time. And so I literally created a book where it's like small nuggets of stories, showing someone else's story, my story, and then the simple action steps you can do to start seeing the abundance. So if you're kind of like a hard believer you'll start to see the abundance within a day or see that thing start. And you'll go, Oh, I understand what this thread is. I understand what this energy is. Um, and so I really, once 2020 hit, then I was like, it's going, I got to create <laughs> We're gonna this, make in this world. I want people to have hope.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, it is amazing too, is I think people look for this magic recipe, right? Oh, Danette's got this idea. Nobody's ever heard of this. Nobody's ever done it. She's got the magic sauce, right? When reality is, like you just, it's not that difficult. The difficult part is showing up every day and doing it, even when you don't want to putting a plan around it. So I guess when I say it's not that difficult, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to do it and have the discipline to do it daily, but it's, but it's not like some magic thing that you're asking somebody to go do. Yeah,
1: I agree, and I think that's important for people to hear. Is it's not like a gift that some people have. It's something that anyone can take a hold of, and yeah. take a belief system and build up that belief muscle. Um, yeah, like what you said. What's hard is you believing in yourself enough to take the action, because. That's the most hardest part. Like think about just a simple workout. The workout in itself isn't hard. It's you actually making the decision to move your body and get yeah. into the workout is the hard part.
0: So it's hundred percent. Yeah. The action part I always connect with because the circuits of success, hence the name of the show here is attitude, your belief system, your actions ultimately get your results. Right. Mm-hmm. And without those, the, uh, there's a light bulb in this little drawing thing we have for the circuit of success. The light bulb doesn't shine, right? How right. many people do you know that have had a bad attitude that has long-term sustainable success? None, none, right? How many people right. do you know that right. don't have a belief system, like to their core, there are things that you know that you believe that we could argue all day around it. And you just know to yourself, like you have a belief system, right? How many people do you know that don't have a belief system to their core that have been successful long-term, none. And then to your point earlier, if we don't take action, how many people have had long-term sustainable success? (laughs) And I always say that long-term sustainable success. You're not looking for this short-term one hit wonder type person. You can't do that in in the real world. Right. And so we want that. So you got to have your attitude. You got to have a belief system. You got to take action. Then the results show up.
1: Yes. Yes. It's so... So True. It's so true. And on the flip coin, I have this girlfriend who's starting this new business and I know her character and the business feels tough. Like I'm like, dang, I don't even know if I'd step into this business. Like (laughs) from all the angles, it just isn't going to be an easy smooth ride because it's been saturated. right? Right. But here's what I know. She has a belief. She has action. She'll still find a way to make her way in this market and be successful. She might work a little harder. Her belief will have to be deeper, but yep. she'll do it. And that's what I want to say is like, you can still create something where everybody would be like, Mm-mm, I don't know about that one. Yeah. If you still hold on to those traits, you will still be successful. If she may not be the biggest um, product out there, but she will definitely be having some money and some connections and some good times from it.
0: Yeah. When, when you look back on the success you've had, do you have that defining moment where you were like, Oh, like like this, this switch just flipped. Like you can almost even go back to that day when something happened?
1: Uh, what do you mean? Like where I knew it was gonna be successful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like you did, yeah. There's that moment where you're like, oh crap, okay, I think this thing will work, right?
1: I've had a couple, and this is gonna be hard for people to um understand, and I don't know how to explain it. And I'm gonna to try to get to it. So when I was on I was on a quest to understand about intuition and where I had blocked it off. And so I've been on this quest to really understand my intuition and how it shows up. Mm. And one of the moments was I had this idea. No one knew who Jeanette May was. I had I this whole dream. I had like maybe 150 followers on Facebook who were friends from high school, right? right. Appointments of their friends didn't know how to even really post. I was the girl that looked at Facebook, but didn't know how to post. So I knew nothing about marketing, but I knew marketing was a key component to these dreams in my heart that I had idea and I could bring this idea to the world if I had a marketer. So I would meditate on finding somebody who could be this marketer who would see my vision and want to partner with me. Literally, this is what I dreamed on. And I was looking at who was trending on Twitter. I didn't even have a Twitter account. What would make me look for a trender on Twitter? I have no idea, but I, it's like those nuggets that are weird that just come to you where you're like, Hmm, I'm going to see who, like, yeah. it's almost like an internal knowing. And this is when I know I'm bang on the money and it, it's happened other times. Cause I'll go, I'll get kind of like, sometimes I get a little bit of a goosebump on my body. So I literally looked up names on Twitter wonk who was trending in fitness at the time. And I saw a name, it was number four after oxygen magazine. Cause they were like, they were corporations and oxygen. And then it was a name. And I was like a name and it said bill Colorado. And I was like, all right, like this feels like a hit. Like I've got to follow this. So what do you do? You go to Facebook, you look up the name you look at, yeah. Colorado. It was Craig Collins, who is now we start off as business partners, who is now my husband as well.
0: Oh and my gosh! I had
1: full goosebumps. I used all my money to drive out to Bell to meet him because I was honoring this hit, this knowing that's in me now that I now can tune into because. When we started Earth Echo Foods, like my team was like, I was like, we started with Cacao Bliss for a whole two years. I would go out in nature and I would get the goosebumps. I was like, I'm supposed to bring this product out to the world. And they would be like, Danette, we can't go off your intuition. We have never done a fulfillment center. We don't have attorneys. We don't even know what we're doing. And I was like, we've got to go. Trust me. Yeah. Now they trust every one of them, but like they're, they're fine time movement. Like I've only had like four or five where I'm like, I just, just a knowing it's like a goosebump knowing. I don't know how to describe Amazing. it. Amazing.
0: I absolutely love it. Uh, last couple of questions here, here, Danette. Uh, I steal your cell phone from you today. Was there any app besides like email and calendar? Cause you got to have that for work and that's kind of boring, but is there anything that you, that you don't want me to delete?
1: Off my Any apps, like
0: there, anything that's yeah, just outside of photos, I have to think
1: outside of photos,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. And it's okay so, if there's not. I, I just I'm always looking, maybe if there's something that maybe I don't know about on a phone that I think really helps people. Uh,
1: maybe, oh, you know, I use I use almost every single day, I use audio memo, memo audios. I oh, yeah, I, I wrote my whole book on those, and then I use the transcribe app, so I take those audios. So I pretty much hiked my whole book rut talking into the phone and then have it transcribed and then sent to an editor.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. I love it. And then that one piece of advice that you would end with, if you could go back and tell the 10 or 15 year younger self some advice, what would you tell them?
1: You are made of the stars. You're made of every living person that you think is the great of the greats that have passed on, the ones that are here and the the ones to come. And so never think you are less than or more than any other human and that everything that lives within them lives within you.
0: Mm, I love that. Conquer fear, find hope, manifest your dream life. Order the book, Embrace Abundance from Danette May. Where can we find
1: more of Danette? Go to danettemay.com.
0: M-A-Y, D-A-N-E-T-T-E, May, M-A-Y.com. And you can find her on there and and also tons of great stuff on Instagram. So, Tanette, thanks so much for being with me today. It was awesome having you.
1: Thank you, Brad. Appreciate the time. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the LineupMedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm